Hello and welcome to the Loud Women Radio Show. I am Nairi Ruth and I'll be your host for the next two hours here on Louder Than War Radio Easter Break Special. I am going to take you on an Easter egg hunt for vintage female-powered rock, indie and punk from the period 1985 to 1995. So pre-Riot Girl, I've broken it up into several phases, which incidentally seem to tally with the stages of feminism, although we all know the stages are not really a true thing, right? It's just a framework. So we have 25 songs to get through, so I'll be talking quickly. Let's get straight into the music then. Here's this week's Loud Women Mega Mix, which I call the We're Angry phase. Why? Because we were equal, allegedly. Barbara Castle, as Secretary of State for Employment, introduced the Equal Pay Bill, eventually passed with flaws in 1975, together with the Sex Discrimination Act. Then punk happened, giving women a no-stereotype, what-stereotype option. So how did that turn out? Well, black feminist and author Audrey Lord was right all along when she said, you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. We still needed Mambo Taxi from 1991 to 1995 to shout about child support, isolation and despair of motherhood to more than you think in Push That Pram Under the Train. Consequences that are not their own, but the laws and culture of the society they live in. I'm angry. Give me loud guitars.
That was the wonderful, wonderful, the raincoats with a song that is as fresh as the day it was born in 1982, I believe. You're listening to the Nairi Rouge Loud Women's Show special on Louder Than War Radio. And that was our Loud Women mega mix for the week. You also heard the Faith Healers, a UK London band with Hippie Hole. They were active between 1990 and 1994, female fronted by Roxanne Laidlaw with a new look. More on that band later. Then you heard Luna Chicks, yay, who formed in New York City in 1987. And the song you heard was Jan Brady. Jan Brady was a character in the US TV show, The Brady Bunch, a series that followed the lives of an extended family who toured in their bus as an all-singing playing band. Jan, played by Eve Plum, now 64, started in the show at age 10. We watched her grow up and experience her awkward teen years. It wasn't a hit show, but it spread worldwide and had some, some would argue, massive even influence on American popular culture. So that opening line um, that that they sing is talking about the older sister who this character Jan is completely sort of in her shadow, as it were. Uh, very witty and hard. You could hear their influences perhaps were more traditional rock bands than uh, other women rock bands. I'm sure you recognize PJ Harvey and the classic dress, which was After Looney Chicks, marvelous grunge. I could talk forever about the meaning of that song, what happens when you put on a dress. More likely, what happens to others when you put on a dress? A, you can't get about very easily, but B, everybody else sees whatever it is, their their um, their expectations or their cultural assumptions of a woman in a dress. We could, we could go on. Uh, then we had Poppin' Jays, uh, Much Forgotten, who were formed in 1988 by Wendy Robinson and Polly Hancock, originally with a drum machine. That song was called Fine Lines, and I would argue up there with New Order. The Slits, shoplifting. I'm sure you recognise the name if you didn't recognise the song. Uh, they were the first wave of punk rockers and the last to secure a record contract with a major label. The great story about that song that you heard shoplifting is... They recorded it, uh, beg your pardon, they played it live at Miss Selfridge's at a daytime show. So uh, go back in your own time and listen to the chorus and imagine what happened. And, of course, I've gone on about the raincoats, no one's little girl. That band name still seems to get into every Loud Women show. Now, time for some more music.
Have you peaked yet? We hope not, because there's lots more to come. You're listening to the Nairi Ruth Loud Women Easter Show Special on Louder Than War Radio. And you heard My Bloody Valentine with Off Your Face and Ut with Kanka. My Bloody Valentine, fondly known as MBV, was signed to Creation Records, that independent label run by Alan McGee. They're credited with pioneering the shoegaze genre and included two women close to our hearts, which is why they're here, um, Debbie Googe and Belinda Butcher, who sang and wrote the track we heard and which can be found in their 1990 Glider EP. You will probably find them still active in the music industry under variations of their names. I also uh, play Kanka, as I said. Art uh, was my first published live review in The Melody Maker in 1989. So that's important to me. It's only interesting to you because of the story um, that goes with it. Uh, at the same time, a highly esteemed male journalist at the paper reviewed the album. And he talked about the band as if they were cave women speaking some ancient language. And I saw and heard them differently. I saw a sleazy underground New York band who had squeezed classical and jazz training into anger and despair. It was quite beautiful, as you heard. And they did actually spend quite a lot of time in the UK. Uh, they made really good friends with The Fall and John Peel loved them. Anyway, after that, I went home and wrote my own six-point manifesto for writing, which I still use to this day. Even yesterday, I pulled it up, did a little review, and click, 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 checked for my little manifesto. So thank you, writer who got it wrong. Hooray for us. Next is a selection of the I'm angry and that's not okay phase. The first two and the last track speak directly to the abuser, user, oppressor. They're not a parent or a teacher or the abstract system like the raincoats I'm not your little girl no more played in our mega mix. You're going to hear L7, Babes in Toyland, and finally, Sonic Youth, that song where Kim, Kim Gordon says that great line to Chuck D, aren't you going to deliver us girls from white corporate man oppression? Don't be shy.
listening to the Nairi Ruth Loud Women Easter show special on Louder Than War Radio. You heard, oh my God, weren't they fantastic? In fact, I could quite happily go back and play those three checks all over again. L7, Fuel My Fire. Prodigy made a hit out of this in 2017, by the way. Our original version is from 1994. Next up, we're Babes in Toyland with Bruce Violet. My big love, Babes in Toyland. I saw them live. This was all pre-Riot Girl, and I wrote about them, and it was fabulous. My brain was being used. My heart was being excited. My soul was being nurtured. Woo! And Sonic Youth with Cool Think. I'm sure you know that one. It just Kim Gordon ultimately is the coolest thing on the planet. Uh, and she wasn't scary like Debbie Harry, a blondie was, or uh, uh, Susie Sue to me. You know, they scared me. It was like, uh, I can't be that sort of woman. I'm a failure. I'm a geek and I don't look in the mirror before I go out. I'm, but um, even though our Kim Gordon is so beautiful and composed, I didn't feel alienated by her at all. So what do you, Kim? 
Now it's time for our Loud Women of the Week. Uh, and this week, it is somebody who I will give you an introduction and see if you can guess them. Our Loud Women of the Week has had more than most reasons to be angry, but she produces one of the most, but beg your pardon, but she produced one of the most sublime yet shocking protest songs ever to be produced. And she is one of the few jazz singers who often wrote her own songs. She used her voice as an instrument, often compared to Louis Armstrong's trumpet style. Her nickname was Lady Day, and she often wore a white gardenia in her hair. She was born in 1915 in Pennsylvania. Our Lab Women of the Week is indeed the fabulous Billie Holiday. And I'm just quickly going to read you um, Lucy O'Brien, who talks about her in her book, She-Bop, The Definitive History of Women in Popular Music. I'm reading from the new updated version. Billie Holiday was the mother of lullaby. Her soothing, sedated voice welded echoes of the old classic blues with the new sophisticated structure of swing. She created a sweet, haunting, lush, lotus-eating world with the narcotics that lulled her exerting their own deadly right force on the listener. Her greatest unconscious art was the way in which she poisoned popular song, critic Ian Penman wrote. Holiday's critical, critical impact lay in the manner in which she turned the banal into the acidic, reworking the standards until they were either unrecognisable or gleamed like new, recasting a song each time she sang it. That's totally clever. This was her revenge on the song pluggers who gave black artists the leftovers that other performers didn't want. She was a sharp dresser, describing herself in her young days as a hip kitty. Like all great female artists, her gift was in presentation as well as performance. Holiday used the power of every kind of language, music, clothes, and words to convey a wholeness and originality of self-expression. So the song that we're going to play you is actually a arrangement and interpretation of a poem called Bitter Fruit. And it was written by a Jewish school teacher called Abel Meerpol under the pseudonym Lewis Allen. And he wrote it in response to the lynchings in U.S. southern states. So this is what we were talking about. This is one of the most sublime yet shocking protest songs you'll ever hear. Billie Holiday and Strange Fruit. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. And now I'd like to sing a tune. It was written especially for me. It's titled Strange Fruit. I do hope you like it. <laughs> <laughs> Strange fruit 
dirt on the leaves and blood at the fruit black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees pastoral scene of the gallant south the bulging eyes and the twisted mouth Scent of magnolia, sweet and fresh. Then the sudden smell of burning flesh. Here is a fruit for the crows to pluck. For the rain together, for the wind to suck, for the sun to rise, for the tree to drop. Here is a string. And bitter
You're listening to the Loud Women Radio Show, the Nairi Ruth Easter special, in fact, on Louder Than War Radio. You just listened to Billie Holiday, Strange Fruit, and then what else could we follow with but the song Damn Fine Woman, uh, which is a silverfish number. Silverfish uh, were part of the Noisnik scene, uh, along with the Faith Healers, who were our very first track uh, today. And uh, the Noisnik scene later became grunge. But these were the only two bands in that scene that had women in them. Uh, and they didn't play their instruments, but I identified them both as makers of the meaning. It was no more a woman in, you know, a what did we call that word? Female-fronted band. It was a band with a woman in it, and it was powered by the woman. It it looked and felt differently. The whole attitude on the stage, uh, the fashion, everything was different. The 80s, you'd come out of the 80s, and it was tough in the 80s. So... Um, not taking any shit was the theme of the time. And these two bands, Silverfish and the Faith Healers, they weren't, and it's singers, Roxanne and Leslie, it wasn't so much about taking on masculine attributes or a rebellion against gender representation. It wasn't second wave feminism, such as anything you can do, we can do too. Um, it was different. Often vocalist Leslie, who originally is from Scotland, was compared to or considered the same as the popular film and video game characters of the time, such as Lara Croft. It's good in one way. These characters represented the opposite of everything a conventional girl should be. But think about it. As a woman... She could only be seen and described as a character rather than an actual person. And another songwriter and vocalist who identified in this trip was Jane Goff, singer for Beef, who I was hoping we could hear earlier, but we're still trying to track down uh, the music. But we will play it to you at some later date. Beef and not to be missed. Now it's time for the gig guide. And I'm literally going to pootle over to the Loud Women radio page and click on ah, click on the gig list. And we're starting with Monday, the 10th of April. You can have the day off. Tuesday, 11th of April, London, at the Grand Junction, Claire Rousey plus Leila Sakini. Then the next gig is on Saturday, the 15th of April at London's Moth Club. And that's Fresh plus Cheerbleeders. Cheerbleeders, good name. Sunday, 16th of April, London, the lower third, Pearl Hearts with Hot Wax. Ooh. Sunday, the 16th of April, Canterbury, Lady Luck with Curls, Curls, Estelle May. Ode to Sleep, and I Am Her. Oh, I know one of those people. And didn't she sing last week on the show? I think she did. 
So short and sweet, but it's Easter weekend and you're going to be following the thread of some of these great bands and going to your own planet anyway for the Easter, hopefully. Uh, okay, as I said, if you've peaked already, never mind. There's more to come. You can do it again. Uh, but we'll just have a couple of quieter numbers now uh, just to remind you that um, we don't have to shout about everything when we're protesting. Uh, okay, so of course we've got all about Eve, throwing muses and the breeders. I've been watching the news and it doesn't feel safe so far removed from the slumbering place Cut out the heart, dug out the door Restless as sparrows, awaiting the dawn Don't go out tonight, don't leave me alone Doesn't feel safe
Did that catch you out? I hope not. You're listening to the Loud Women Easter Show on Louder Than War Radio, and you're with Nairi Ruth. That's me. And you just heard all about Eve, Throwing Muses, and The Breeders. Uh, all about the Eve, uh, they spent this song, uh, came off their 1998 album, 1988, beg your pardon, and spent 29 weeks in the UK top 100 album charts, and it's certified as gold. Throwing Muses, Alan West and the Breeders Iris, songs named after real women, uh, along with Julian Reagan's observations of uh, All About Eve, Nowhere is Safe. It's almost as if psychoanalysis and feminines are making friends and we're looking deeper into ourselves, but to help ourselves not provide a symptomatic map for the male gaze. Another connection to the throne muses and the breeders is that the earliest incarnation of the band was actually formed by Kim Deal and Tanya Donnelly, beg your pardon, in 1989 as a side project alongside their full-time bands, Pixies and the Throwing Muses, respectively, to record their debut album, 1990s Pod, recommended if you haven't got it, Deal and Donnelly recruited bassist Josephine Wiggs of The Perfect Disaster and drummer Britt Walford of Slint. This was our super group. This was the group, the breeders, that gave us hope that uh, they would get on top of the pops um, because that was something that the um, a lot of the bands hadn't achieved. Uh, yes, of course, we had Britpop later. That worked all right. But we're talking now about the early 1990s and women in bands the Breeders had the Pixies' best songwriter in Kim Deal. And, um, of course, later on, um, Kelly, her sister, joined the band. Um, and Josephine Wiggs was the super cool bassist in That Perfect Disaster. Uh, we all had a bit of a crush on her because we saw her all the time. It might be a three-band billing and Josephine Wiggs would be the only woman there. So, yes, uh, the Breeders were our supergroup. In fact, we've got enough time for me to tell you a bit about the scene at that time when a lot of the pubs weren't themed pubs or taken over by big breweries at the time. Uh, they were often um, independent and they encouraged promoters to put on their own events. Uh promoters who weren't looking to become a massive uh, agent or promoter, just music fans or other musicians. Uh, and this is take an extract from my book. Uh, in the underground music scene, the outfit always included a pair of Doc Martens and a band T-shirt, whatever the gender. The T-shirt would be of a friend's band or a band that you had recently built with, interviewed, who gave it to you, and you would be proud to wear it because it usually was very cool to read or look at. Every indie or punk 
seems to be or know an artist, a satirist, or a graphic designer. DIY, do it yourself, take over the means of production, was a Marxist theme echoed in US hardcore, the root of this genre or scene we had going in Britain. Interesting, isn't it, how in the UK we seem to thank the entrepreneur of punk along with its entrepreneurship of punk, along with its fashion and bricolage-influenced art on its products, rather than as take over the means of production. Wearing a pair of DMs was not about fashion or a uniform for a genre or band. It was just about having one pair of shoes saying dry and safe on public transport and in overcrowded shithole venues which stuck to the soles of your boots on the way in and out. Piss puddles in the toilets, beer spilt up the front, at the back, tall boys with folded elbows high in the middle of it all. And also, if there was the need to run from danger on the walk home, or often skinheads, it's the fear I'm remembering being beaten up by skinheads because I was a lesbian in dungarees. And in fact, I was in dungarees. Um, my sexual orientation hadn't yet been decided, but I wasn't going to have a discussion with skinheads. Ultimately, the flip from the representation of girls from passive to active was not going to be a long-term solution because it simply conforms to the binary concepts well-established in Western society female may, passive active, good, bad, and so on. Besides, we're just not that animated all the time. Neither are we akin to an animation. We bleed, we get old, we die. We had gone from celebrating equality, a second wave fe feminism, and we're now celebrating difference, something which had emerged from academia and filtered all the way to the ghetto. But right now, it was manifesting as binary opposites modelled by cartoon characters. Or that's the way that sometimes the main stream press interpreted it. There was nothing very sexy about cartoon characters, but the actresses who played them in the movies changed that. The Silverfish T-shirt captured the irony of this confused shift in gender polit politics. Hips, lits, tits, power was the slogan. And that actual line is taken from one of their songs called Big Bad Baby Pig Squeal. Oh, it just sounds hardcore without you having to listen to it even. So, finally, we get to move on to five great bands and a new era bleach is a new kind of punk and shoegaze combo uh, powered by sally carson next up slater kinney kenneke or kenneke and sidi busai the latter band had a liking for themes similar to the breeders and talking flesh bud and blown like pj harvey and me, as you can tell. And there's Voodoo Queens, supermodel, superficial content that echoed the time, the scene, 
all the things people try to lump voodoo queens in with. In other words, um, voodoo queens came out of Mambo Taxi, who you'll hear shortly, a great band. Uh, and one of the problems, it was always about their identity, either as with um, Asian representatives, people uh, who had Asian background in the band or about it being a girl band. And what was important to the band themselves was the content. And something like Supermodel Superficial really captured the moment. Uh, supermodels were marrying the pop stars and going to um, number 10. And it was the beautiful people and us lot. And even though we were having more fun, it was... It was how the world saw Britain, yeah. So the Voodoo Queen song, which is coming up last in this little combo, is a really, really important, powerful little number. Content is key. Uh, okay, I better leave you to enjoy. So we have we have a kind of mega mix again. Five songs for you. Off we go.
children passing by just in their uniforms They're gonna do their work, get their jobs, learn to wipe that sweat off their breath Every day, every day, this drags me down I go to work, I go to work, I go to hell, I go to work I'm gonna wipe, 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 wipe it away Every day, every day, I go to work, I go to
you are listening to the Loud Women Radio Show on Nairi Ruth's Easter special on Louder Than War Radio. And you just heard, and oh my gosh, it was so good to hear every one of them again. Bleach, wipe it away. Slater Kinney, words and guitars. Kineki, I would fix you. That line, Kineki. What a pop song. The sun shines on unkind people. It bloody does, doesn't it? Sometimes the sun shines on unkind people. I love that line. I'd forgotten about that line. And then City Side with Brittle. But the song, I went to see them playing Wales once, as you do. And it was an enormous trek and absolutely worth it. They really were like a proper melodic pop band, weren't they? And then Voodoo Queens. Oh, my God. And Superbottle. Superficial. So next up, we've managed to squeeze in Björk and Isabel. Songs named after women are a theme, as I mentioned. And again, it shows them as the main protagonist in the song's narrative. Uh, and I can introduce you to Jilly Smith, my secret heroine. Jilly Smith uh, was an old artist. So we're talking, she met, can you hear me actually? Yes, beg your pardon. So she met a chap called Dave Allen, who was from a hippie band called Gong in Paris at the um, Paris riots. And she became my secret weapon. I would play her before stomping out onto the concrete streets in my black DMs with bright pink laces, baggy band t-shirt and striped tight jeans, heading to the Bull and Gate, Falcon or Sausage Machine, or the Astoria to see babes in Toyland for some slacker grunge. Slacker? Slacker grunge. So, yes. And through Jilly Smith, I discovered, uh, I said, I traced her written word, Nitrogen Dreams of a Wild Girl, 1966. I was six when she wrote that. And I discovered a fanzine and art subculture that was pre-punk. And this in turn gave me an insight into the history of the underground music press or the underground cultural press, such as Oz. So uh, here we have Björk singing about being married to herself, always a good idea, I reckon. And um, then just a little tiny two-minute taster of the wonderful Jenny Smith, my secret weapon.
you're listening to the loud women show on louder than war radio and you just heard Björk and Isabel which faded in to Jilly Smith my secret heroine who was the ah in the background in fact I wanted you to hear her bit that goes I'm a witch a powerful witch I saved the trees uh but we didn't get that bit. It's very hard when you're downloading music uh, for this sort of thing. But you get the picture. Those two songs could have been one song. They're our eccentrics of the show, I guess. And that's all from us today. Uh, thank you so much, Kirsten, for your support and encouragement and enjoying the songs with me. Let's play out. We're going with a bang, just as we came in with a bang. We're going to play out with Mambo Taxi and Velvet Youth. And then the only Riot Girl band here today, Bikini Kill and Liar. Uh, just to remind you, the UK-based uh, Mambo Taxi, they were great. Uh, they reminded us all women were different and wanted different things, and they didn't flinch from topics like abuse. We have a fabulous interview with uh, Lenny Metz in our magazine by Chris. And next week, Delia Sparrow, who was in the band, is our guest musician on the show. And of course, we end with a ferocious little number, Liar. You ought to know that this is the early Kathleen Hanna, 1990. Uh, when she was more so a feminist poet and fanzine editor and writer. It was the author, Kathy Acker, who suggested to, to Hannah, Kathleen Hannah, that if she wanted to affect change, she should try a different medium like being in a band. So stay loud, everybody. See you next week. Mm -hmm. 